Hey, aloha everyone. I am so excited about today. I could hardly sleep last night because we have an, another incredible guest here on A Dose of Positivity. And as most of you know who are on the live show, that we are here to bring love, light, and all things positive into the world. And this is a tough subject. We're going to be talking about cancer, but we are putting a very, very positive twist on it. So all of you just hold on tight. And I just want to welcome all of you stewards of the land and humanitarian solutionists. Thank you so much for being here. Well, I have the great honor and privilege to interview these passionate change makers and thought leaders, health professionals, all who put environmental and social justice at the forefront of their endeavors. And the topic for today is that healing begins in the mind. And as I said, our special guest is Carl Mason. And I wanna just make a special shout out to Auntie Pua Case, who was originally the guest today, who will be coming on the second week of uh, February. Her mother ended up in the ICU, and then we were lucky to get Carl here because of some scheduling mess up, because he's a busy man. But she wanted to just give a big love and shout out and ask for our prayers for her mother. So I am doing that in her honor, and I um, can't hardly wait to introduce you to her. I want to remind everybody this is a live broadcast, and we will be taking questions in the chat, and we will also be um, and inviting people to ask questions live too, um, towards the middle and towards the end. We're gonna just ask you to um, raise your hand, put your little hand up on your Zoom thing, and we will bring you on live if you're comfortable. Otherwise, you can wait till afterwards and or put your questions in the chat. So um, before we get going, because people are coming into the room right now, we are live streaming this in a few different places. Um, but I wanted to remind you all that our special guest today is Carl Mason, who is a cancer uh, preventive recovery coach. He's a certified self-sabotage also coach and a founder of Love Your Cancer Free Life Facebook group. And I am going to be reading a very um, beautiful story, hopefully I won't cry, um, from my book, Living Like the Future Matters, The Evolution of a Soul-to-Soul -Soul Entrepreneur. So sit back, get your beverage, get comfortable, close your eyes, take a few breaths and take in this beautiful story. It's called, it's in this chapter called The Sapling, Growing Up and Out. It takes courage to grow up and become who you really are. This is a quote by E.E. E. Cummings. I was 10 years old in 1967 when my mom declared herself an atheist in the temple parking lot. My father had been celebrating Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, when my mother slipped out of the service. When I went in search of her, I found my beautiful mother crying, leaning against her new white Lincoln Continental. Why would she be crying? New car, new year, and our family was all together. She was not expecting to see, she was not expecting me to see her in this emotional state. I hugged her at her waist and asked, Mommy, why are you crying? She replied, I think that God forgot about me. Unbeknownst to me, my loving mother had just been diagnosed with breast cancer and was scheduled to have a radical mastectomy. My mother hadn't told me or anyone else that she was ill to avoid being judged 
or pitied. In the United States, 19.7% of all breast cancer occurs in women under 50 years old. My mother was 32. It wasn't until a couple of years later that I understood my mom had cancer. I was snooping through my mom's dresser drawer like any young kid in short search of a bra to support my newly formed breasts. When I stumbled upon her padded bras and rounded silicone boob tucked neatly away, I was baffled. Mother dear, our living nanny, caught me in the act, and I was in trouble, but not for long. Mom and I had the cancer talk soon after. From that day forward, our kinship strengthened, and I became a pillar of strength for my mom. She no longer hid for me the side effects of chemotherapy. Mother dear and my mom and I were now tighter than ever. I embraced a sense of responsibility that I had never known. Night life was no longer all about me. This revolution strengthened both my inner and my outer core as I grew into my sapling years. It was time for me to grow up and help my mommy get well. My mother saw numerous doctors and she received the same directives each time. Bonnie, your time is limited. It's time to get your things in order. Each time she heard this, these discouraging words, she fought harder. Basically, she told the doctors to F off. She had better things to do with her life than think about dying. My father was her greatest advocate. Together, they found other doctors offering better prognosis. As I witnessed my glamorous, courageous mother go through years of experimental treatment, I felt every imaginable emotion. Watching her vomit repeatedly into a toilet bowl sucked. Sad and frustrated, I felt helpless. Chemotherapy and radiation caused horrific side effects, including the loss of her magnificent mane of thick black hair. I was pissed and I needed to blame something or someone. I wanted it all to go away and never come back. My mother struggled with this chronic disease, which was horrid, yet she was heroic through the entire ordeal. Her attitude around her illness blew me away. Her closet filled up with stylish wigs and clothing that hid any signs of disformity. When she felt good, she entertained somehow ignoring the evil and only focusing on the good. Mom embodied Betty Ford's words in her behavior towards others. I believe, quoted Beverly Ford, I believe we are all here so to help each other and that our individual lives have patterns and purpose. When, I, when she was well and feeling good, I watched my mother support other cancer patients. Whenever possible, she celebrated life from the depth of her soul. She would say to me, Donna, time is your most valuable currency, so spend it wisely. She knew her time was limited. My mother was a light in the world and she cultivated peace, love, and compassion in our family and with all she knew. My mother, mother battled 
this beastly cancer with tenacity and determination for 18 years before it took her life at 50. I cherish the wonderful times in between the hard times, the dignity that she showed me, the fought for her life left a lasting impression on me. She taught me that it was my choice to make the most of my life. Even in the worst of times, you can find the best of moments. She demonstrated to me the meaning of being present with oneself and with others. With her as a respected role model, I learned to be courageous, to never give up, and to live life with an attitude of gratitude. I honored my sweet mama for knowing her truth and sharing her weaknesses and her strengths. For all of these life-lasting gifts, I am forever grateful. Now, I want to thank you all for listening to that. It just, every time I, I read that story or, or share it with someone, it, it just makes me realize how precious our life is and it's worth doing whatever Carl Mason says. <laughs> and I'm going to just share this brief bio with you all so you get a, a taste of who he is and then you're going to get the chance to really know this man. Um, Carl is a cancer prevention recovery coach. He's a certified self-sabotage coach and he's the founder of Love Your Cancer Free Life Facebook group. At 55, Carl is living his best life on the Pacific coast of Mexico but life wasn't always so good for him. Through a traumatic childhood to cancer and even blindness, he discovered and now teaches all of us here and um, thousands of other people how to align with truth, source, and life. Within there lies every provision required for us, all of us to live healthy, vibrant, and abundant lives. Having attended miraculous healings he spent the last 26 years being cancer-free. He beat my mom by quite a bit. And you have empowered others to achieve the same. Bless your heart. Greater still, teaching them how to, how to, these cancer patients, how he teaches them how to live the life they were created and deserve to live. Carl believes that life was never designed to be lived in lack, illness, or overwhelmed, or any other suppression, right on. We all have power within us to overcome and to thrive regardless of what is presented to us through our journey. Thank you, Carl. His vision and mission is to show you and everybody you know who is struggling with any kind of illness the truth. And the truth aligns with source and with life. And without further ado, I'm going to introduce you, Carl. And I just, I mean, I just introduced you, but I would love for you to take a, like a 10 minute snip and share your journey with us uh, to this place where you are today. All right. I'm so honored to be here. I'm, I'm so glad that the schedule worked out in its bizarre way um, to allow this time to be here. It's really fantastic. I always, uh, when life comes up with a hiccup I always look at the look for the opportunity and uh, here we are and I think that's it's amazing um, so my journey that's a long long story so you have to hold me tight mm -hmm. I was um, I, I was 25 um, this was back in oh goodness 1993 
I was still 25, approaching 26. And uh, I was, uh, life was great as far as I was concerned. I had come from an abusive home, uh, a religiously tyrannical home, a violent home. My life was under threat from before I was born. Um, and, uh, but I had escaped all of that and I was, I was going and uh, I was creating this life and I was creating the American dream, you know, all of that. And I uh, had the house and the cars and th building three businesses and newly married and all of that stuff was going on. And as far as I was concerned, life, I was, I had escaped, life was on track and um, it was all good. And then I just mysteriously started losing weight and became fatigued. And the weight loss was precipitous. I went from uh, 170 to 107 in, a, in less than three months time. Um, so severe radical weight loss. I had one of my businesses was a restaurant. We were famous for cheesecake at the time which I, I don't have much to do with cheesecake these days but um at, and i was just eating cheesecake to try to keep the weight on and i couldn't gain any weight didn't matter um and that that developed into uh severe night sweats and weight loss um, not weight loss but drenching night sweats and rigors passing out in the shower um losing the ability to drive, just not having the strength. My business started spiraling out of control. Everything started spiraling out of control and nobody could figure out any answers. Um, back then, that was in the, the early 90s. Back then, people weren't like they are today. They don't just automatically think something's wrong, it's cancer. Um, so I was tested for everything but cancer. and. And, um, I kept saying that I was dying. I kept telling everybody that I could feel I was dying. I could feel it. I knew it. I have a very strong intuition about things and I could feel that I was dying. And one morning with the, the little bit of strength that I had after especially vicious night, I drove myself about a couple of miles to a very dear friend's house who was a, a, a general practitioner doctor. And I said to him, I said, David, I'm dying. I don't have much time left. I, I, I'm dying. And uh, he reached out to give me a hug. And when he hugged me, he kind of pushed me back. And he said, I'm taking you to the hospital right now. And uh, I was a bit dazed and confused, but I, I trusted him. And uh, so I just went along with it. And I found myself in this beautiful hospital suite. And, and I'm thinking, okay, this isn't gonna be that big of a deal. They're gonna figure this out today. They'll give me something and I'll go home and life will carry on. Uh, a couple hours went by, I, and then I had the revelation that I wasn't just in a beautiful hospital suite, I was in the cancer ward. And um, I was in a very special part of that cancer ward, and, and um, I was told that I had stage 4B large cell lymphoma. And um, I was, in fact, on the verge of death. And um, they they told me I would have died within a, a couple weeks to a month. Uh, so I went down this 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 radical journey started. By the end of the day, they had a port in my chest, and I was locked in the bathroom, and I was screaming, and I was cursing God, and I kicked the doctors out, and kicked the family out, kicked the friends out, and I was just so angry. And um, I, I I was angry at God as much as anything. I just 
uh, how could I live this life of abuse and death threats and all of this to end up here? This was why. What had I done so wrong? You know, all that was going on. Anyway, I, I eventually began the journey, settled down, and I began the journey, which was five years of chemo and radiation. Um, the most destructive five years of my life. I ended up with congestive heart failure. I ended up with a, a, a fractured, nearly broken hip, uh, ruptured disc. I ended up with um, all kinds of traumas and dramas and, and surgeries and various things through all of that, only to find myself in the worst pain of my life, in the worst condition of my life, being told that I had, there was nothing left to do and I had four to six weeks to live maximum go home, get everything in order, and get ready to die. And I just, I said, I, I said, there's, this cannot be, this just cannot be what my life is about. It can't, I just can't accept this. There's got to be, there, there's gotta be something. And uh, so I, I was in severe pain. I couldn't drive. I was having convulsions, all kinds of things going on pain medication. I was on enough pain medication to, to numb an elephant and um, it just wasn't touching it. And um, so I, I bought a video recorder. I started, you know, doing um, farewell messages and those kind of things. And I, I had made myself a little punch list. Just monitor me on time, please. Um, yeah, no, this is great. I had made myself a little punch list and one of the things on my punch list was to go to Rocky Mountain National Park in Colorado and I wanted, bizarrely as it sounds, I wanted to commune in nature with a moose. That was my goal. And uh, I had no idea why, I just had this fascination with moose, I loved moose, I wanted to go commune with a moose. So I told everybody my plan and made the arrangements and got myself there doctor said one scratch one bug bite you're done i'm like i'm done in four weeks anyway so what does it matter if it's today or then so <laughs> I'm, I'm going and uh, i went and i hiked all day long tirelessly all day long i was riddled with bug bites and riddled with scratches and um feeling absolutely horrible um the sun was setting not a moose in sight i'm in the car I'm having to exit the park and I'm saying, I don't understand God. I just, all I asked for was this one thing. Why can't I have this one thing before I die? I don't get it. And I was, I, I was in the car having my mindset that I was going, going home to curl up and die. Oh. Got stuck, couldn't get out of the park because a herd of elk had blocked the road. And I'm like, I'm not here for elk. I want to see elk. I want to see a moose. And we, everybody got out of their cars and was roaming around. So I got out of my car and I heard a woman say, I see a moose. And energy and power rose up in me. And I ran through the forest, down the ravine, ended up on the headwater, the banks of the headwaters of the Colorado River at the base of Long's Peak. Uh, 14,000 foot mountain and lo and behold I was surrounded I popped into this glade and I was surrounded with three bull moose and um, two of them laid down in front of me one of them stood beside me still eating grass and I stood there crowd behind me 
the park rangers were there, but somehow everybody knew that something unique was going on and they left me alone. I gave my, I had given my video recorder to a friend and she recorded it. Unfortunately, the recording was stolen a number of years ago, so I don't have it anymore, but it's crystal clear in my mind. And I'm standing there with those moves, tears streaming down my face. And I heard a voice that was as clear to me as your voice is to me now that says, choose life. Uh, choose yeah. life. And I knew in that moment that if I had that choice, that I had the provision. And so I made the choice. I get emotional. I made the choice. Now, I didn't know what that provision would be. But I knew that in making that choice, that the provision was there. Mm. So for the next seven months, I well, I drove home, elated, telling everybody, showing everybody the video, call my, my oncologist. I said, I'm coming to see you tomorrow. I'll be there. Um, we need to talk. And I told him what had happened, showed him the video. He's like, oh, Carl, that's a sweet story. I'm glad you had that experience, but you're dying. And uh, you're still going to die. I know. And uh, I said, no, I'm not. And he said, there's nothing we can do, Carl. And I said, there's got to be. I know there's an answer. I, and he said, well, what do you want me to do? I said, I don't actually know. But I said, let me ask you this. If I do chemo one more time, can it? do you think it'll buy me a little bit of time? And he said, Carl, the chemo will kill you. Mm. You, can't, you can't do it. He said, but if you want me to do it, I'll do it. And I said, I don't have another option right now. So let's do it because I, I need a little time because I'm going to find the answer. So I started chemo and that round of chemo was like water in my veins. I had no ill effects from it at all. For the first time in five years, I wasn't sick. I wasn't weak. It was like water in my veins. And just a few months later, I was in miraculous radical remission. And uh, he calls me and he says, Carl, I've never seen this happen before. I can't explain it. I've never seen it happen before. I need you in the hospital immediately. We're going to high dose chemo you. We're going to do a bone marrow transplant. This is going to take up your life for the next year. You're going to be in isolation, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and I said, okay, I'll come to the appointment. I'll see you. I can't remember how many days it was. So I went to the appointment, but I had made up my mind and my mind wasn't in agreement with him. And I, I looked him in the eyes and I said, I appreciate you, but I'm not doing this. And he said, I'll stand at your grave. And I said, no, you won't. I said, because for one, you're not invited. And for two, I'm going to live. And um, uh, I walked out and I've never seen an oncologist since. And I stood in faith that that provision was still coming. I knew the provision was there. It was just the, it was just about finding it. And piece by piece and bit by bit, the provision was revealed. And um, one final piece came around and I was at, at a luncheon with a client and uh, the, I asked about his wife and his wife had had cancer and he told me her story. And then I told him mine. And uh, he said, you know what, Carl? He said, I want you to go home and I want you to get your bags packed. I'm, by, I'm, I'm calling my wife now, we're gonna buy the plane tickets and we're sending you to a retreat in Massachusetts 
to learn how to heal your body. I couldn't get home fast enough, couldn't get packed fast enough, and I, I, I took off and I went to Massachusetts to this little little village that was very bizarre to me. It was it was it, it was full of strange looking uh, Oriental and Eastern peoples and and hippies and you know all kinds of things that were just very very foreign to me. And I was just like, okay, I don't understand this. I'm not asking questions. This is my provision. I know it. This is my provision. And I'm just gonna, I'm going with it and I'm going to embrace it. 30 days later, I was completely cancer free. I did everything that I was told, everything that I was taught. I did it without question. I did it without resistance. I did it without whining and complaining and making excuses. I did it. And it wasn't easy. It wasn't fun, but I did it. And I walked away cancer free and I've remained so 26 years. And so that's the snapshot of my story. But I learned, I learned so much through that. I think that every single person who's listening to this live and at the replay would love to know the name of that little hippy dippy village with the Asian doctors or. or... It was it was so funny. I don't know how to describe it any other way. There's just, <laughs> just these little hut kind of buildings and things, and and everyone had a different purpose. One was a kitchen and blah blah. It was really cool, but unfortunately, they've been shut down. Um, so they no longer exist, um, which is very very sad. Do you remember the name or what was the name of it? Well, the, the name of it at the time was, it was, it was a, a division of the Kushi Institute, which was founded in, uh, in uh, uh, Japan. It's, it's, it's uh, Michio, Michio Kushi, Michio Kushi founded the Institute. So it was a Kushi Institute. Um, it was macrobiotics was the, was the foundation of it, but traditional Chinese medicine mixed with Ayurvedics. It was very cool. Yeah. Um, very, very cool. Uh, back then, more so bizarre than now. Um, but uh, we've, uh, the, you know, the world's come a long way in, in understanding. But I just soaked everything up like a dry sponge, and I applied it, and it, it completely transformed my life. And now I, now I teach the principles that I learned through that. And I've spent the last 26 years continuing to learn, continuing to study, continuing to. Um, uh, expand expand my knowledge and empower and inspire people and and i'm still learning um but yeah it changed my it, it changed my life in on every level yeah well be what i would i like to say to everybody we're going to do our best to find out um i know the, the macrobiotic and ayurvedic <clears throat> we've had ayurvedic practitioners on on our show before uh, Stella Vera Kilcher, um, what was it? it's a great interview if you haven't heard it yet, but um, I think that we need to get this information. So Meredith, we're going to dig in and try and find, can you say the, the name of that place one more time? Kushi Institute was the name of that. Kushi Institute. Okay, we're going to try and find out what happened to that and why and was it the FDA or the Food and Drug Administration that shut it down. But more importantly, rather than thinking about that right now, because we want to get people to the source, you, they laid the golden egg that you received and now you teach these principles. I would love for you to dive deep in and, and share as many of those principles as you can with the time we have. Because well, I, there's, there's four 
four pillars. I call them pillars that I learned. One is one is mindset. Now at the time, I didn't realize that mindset was the pillar. Okay, I didn't. I, I that was really the core. Um, I didn't get that until until later. But mindset, nutrition, supplementation, and detoxing. Those were the four pillars that I really discovered. Now mindset is huge. Um, what I had to do in one of the, the primary root cause in my cancer diagnosis, um, and every cancer has very strong emotional roots, very strong emotional roots. Um, so if you really want to clear cancer, one of the first things you have to do is deal with the emotions that, that uh, are behind it. So um, breaking trauma bonds, letting go, forgiving, becoming non-attached to, to outcomes and stories, and spinning narratives in your mind, uh, dealing with limited, limiting and false beliefs, just working through all of that and coming into more, most importantly, and the, and the thing that I teach most strongly is coming into a conscious state of mind rather than a subconscious state of living. So I teach a lot about coming into consciousness and living life from a state of consciousness. Most people don't understand that you can live your entire life subconsciously. You, you subconsciously know how to breathe, you subconsciously know how to eat, you subconsciously know how to walk, you subconsciously know how to brush your teeth. You can live your life subconsciously. Consciousness is not required much of your, of your life. Right. But consciousness is where your, is, is your powerhouse. That's where your, your, that's where your power really is in, the, in, your, in your consciousness. So when you come into consciousness, everything in life changes. So um, really teaching people how to get into a conscious state of mind. That's a, that's a huge one. Nutrition, aligning with source, um, which means aligning with nature, which is the provider. Um, season, eating seasonally, eating energetically, um, just being in alignment with the provision, the natural nutritional provision that was made for you. Um, supplementation, back then, supplementation was much smaller focus than it is now. Um, the nutritional degradation has been much more severe since, since my days of recovery. And supplementation now is much more of a requirement than it than than I believe it was even then. Um, but uh, even that, I look very closely at bringing that into alignment with source. So instead of buying a bunch of capsules and pills, uh, I encourage people to buy roots and bark mm. and flowers and herbs and make teas and tonics. Right. Um, as much as possible. We can't do it with everything, but we can do it with a lot of things. And uh, I seek to do that as much as possible. I love that. Let me, let me just, can I just share, share this with, because yeah. I think that's really, really important, what you just said there. And because um, we don't, we are conditioned to uh, buy the product. Yeah. I, I, I just want to share with you this 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 brew because I'll forget it and I call it a flu brew or cancer-free brew but mm -hmm. um, this is I did what you said with roots this is turmeric and ginger and aniseed and yep. and cinnamon bark and I and I boil it and I simmer it for about mm -hmm. half hour 40 minutes and then I just squeeze some lemon in here so that this is what Carl's talking about and it, and you can go everybody right now to the store and find those four ingredients. 
So super easy and it's absolutely brilliant. You get a lot more value out of it when you go to the source. No supplement can compare to that. Right. And um, uh, you know, and the, putting it into a supplement form, a pill or a capsule, there's degradation there. Mm-hmm. Going to the source, that's my that's my big thing. And even detoxing, I go to the source. Like somebody has a tumor, uh, let's just say they have a tumor under their arm on the on the side of their breast. Um, I use cabbage plasters and activated charcoal and honey and turmeric mm-hmm. and frankincense and all those kind of things to 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 deal with that and detox that. Um, we we use uh, natural tools to detox the liver and the lymph system and the colon. Um, so for me, it's everything about source. It's everything about coming into alignment, coming into alignment first in the mind and then coming into alignment with every other aspect of life underneath that. So those are my four key pillars that I work on. Now, in all of that, there's a, there's a lot of places to go within those, those four pillars. So um, there's a lot that we work on, but when I'm coaching a client on cancer recovery, well, not too long ago, I had a client, I was on the phone with her and she said to me, you know, Carl, we haven't talked about cancer in four or five weeks. Mm-hmm. I know. Do you want to? She says, no, I don't need to talk about cancer. And I, I said, why do you feel like you need to, don't need to talk about cancer? And she said, because I'm healing my life. And, and, and uh, I'm like, there you go. That's what it's about. We're healing your life. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's not, cancer isn't some boogie bug hiding in a bush that you just happen to walk by at the wrong time and it grabs you. That's not what it is. Cancer is a response, um, a body, the body's reaction, really, not even a response. It is a response, but more of a reaction to an overwhelming, uh, an overwhelmed environment, overwhelmed mindset, overwhelmed body, overwhelmed immune system. It's about being overwhelmed, and the body is gathering all of this toxicity up and saying, oh my gosh. It's time for you to start participating with this. We need to clean up here. We're getting overwhelmed. And a tumor is a sign of overwhelm. Yeah. And it's a it's a container. It's the body's containment system saying, okay, we're gathering, we're gathering, we're gathering, we're, we're protecting you, but we're losing, we're losing our grip here. Come on, we need you to help. And so mm-hmm. cancer becomes an opportunity. It's an opportunity to change. It's an opportunity to transform. It's an opportunity to step up to a higher level of living and being than you than you have before. It's a brilliant opportunity. Nice. Um, it's well, about- can I can I ask you to do me a huge favor? Just say those four principles again and then say them very slow. Okay. And then what I want to ask everybody who's on live or even if you're listening to the replay, Carl's going to say those four principles and I would like you to repeat after him these four principles. Are you ready? Go for it. Mindset. Mindset. Yeah, take off. You can come off mute. That would be great. Mindset. 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 Nutritional alignment. Nutritional alignment. Alignment. Authentic supplementation. Authentic supplementation. And natural detox. Natural detox. Natural detoxing. Yeah. 
Okay, now now that you, we, thank you everybody, if you don't mind going off mute just for the time being. And I think I just want to add a fifth pillar to that, and that is find a moose. Find a moose, yeah. Or something <laughs> that um, you can come back to, right? Something that's tangible. I'm nicknamed, I'm, I, people nickname me moose now because they're like, I can't go see a moose girl, so you're my moose. <laughs> Spiritual awakening is the moose uh yeah. in the house the spiritual and that that is what it was and that's what that's what i believe cancer's intention really is it's an awakening yeah. it's an awakening it's an it's a it's a moment in time that says life is out of sync life is out of alignment and we here's your chance this yeah. is your chance and you can come out when you embrace that message you can come out of the other side a new and improved you that you didn't even know how to dream to be yeah i want to i'm going to just say that but first of all how blown away i am by everything you're saying and i feel so hopeful and i wish you were around when my mom was going through this she did have some good mentors to help her along the way but this is such so valuable and there had to been a time and this is where because this is like let's get real here like how difficult was it for you, you said like you went there, you did this, you had this month, but were there times when you felt like going backwards or when you all of a sudden, no? No, I I just, the, the, the thought that comes to mind is I went hook, line and sinker. I, I just, I, I took it on and I knew that what, what got me to healing would keep me in healing. And uh, so I took it on I didn't take it on as a cancer cure. I took it on as a life cure. I took it on as a lifestyle. Right. And that's something you always talk about life exchange. Just that's um, when, when I went on your website, I love that expression. Um, I think this kind of goes with that same question I had for you, like not turning back, like the life exchange. And, and when did that come to you and how did you, how are you implementing that into working with your clients and saving their lives too? Well, I, I, you know, you, you, you've got to exchange what didn't work for you with what will work for you. Um, that's the, that's the big thing. When, when cancer comes, most people look at cancer, they get the cancer diagnosis and they, they, I, I hear things like, get it out of me, cut it off. I don't want it. I hate it. I'm going to fight it. Yeah. I'm going to kill cancer. All very, very negative, low level energy and, uh, and, and reactions. Um, but when you look at when you look at it and say, okay, I'm, I'm, I, I see you, I recognize you, cancer, and I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to embrace. I'm willing to exchange what I'm, I'm willing to exchange what hasn't worked in my life for what will work for my life. I'm willing to exchange the habits, the thoughts, the beliefs um, for new ones that will empower my life. That's when the, the 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 miracle happens. That's when the transformation occurs. And there's, I, I just don't think there's any, any more power than coming into alignment with creation and with who we, who we were created to be and the provision that we were created uh, yeah. to, to enjoy in our lives. And um, uh, the exchange occurs when you accept that, uh, when you can put ego aside and you can put fear aside and you can put the narrative aside and you can say, okay, I may not know exactly how, but my life has made room for cancer. 
And cancer has come to teach me something. Cancer has come to give me an opportunity. So I'm going to step up and I'm going to partner with it. I'm going to, I'm going to work through this and I'm going to create the life and the environment that no longer requires cancer. And when you, you, you start taking those steps and you implement those tools, life changes. And what I see so often in, uh, in clients all the time, um, way before their, their tumors disappear, even before their symptoms abate, which usually happens, symptoms abate usually very quickly. Um, but even before that, they start to tell me how their thinking has changed, how their relationships have changed, how their kids are behaving better, how work is much more pleasant. There's just the, the, this shift in right. that it's like a snowball rolling down the mountainside. Once you put that into motion, it just builds momentum and gets bigger and bigger. And it just starts to consume life in a very beautiful and positive way. And um, you, you, cannot, you cannot implement those four pillars and not be transformed. Yeah. You just can't. Now, does every single person that implements them become cancer free? No, they don't. Does every single person that implements them, are they transformed? Absolutely. Absolutely. So people ask me all the time, what's the success rate, Carl? I said, well, depends on what context you're asking the question. Now. If you're if you're asking the question from the standpoint of did people's lives improve? nearly a hundred percent if you're asking the question did everybody survive well 90 percent wow but uh and it is is pretty strong so i've uh, um but it's determined by the degree to which people apply the tools so uh cancer does not want to occupy your body it wants to pack up. It wants to go home. Your body is not asking for or requiring cancer. It's requiring you to empower it to go. Whoa, what a great mindset. I absolutely love that. But you cannot do that from a, you cannot do that when you're living from, I keep tapping the back of my head. You can't do that when you're living from a subconscious mind that's full of all these stories and conditions and traumas and dramas um you know I, I i say this often at the moment of conception you are absolute perfection at the moment of perfection you are created at the moment of conception you're you are a masterpiece of perfection at that moment however you begin to become conditioned what's going on with your mom now is going on with you then you're born into a family what's going on in the family is going on with you you're in the school system you're affected government starts to affect you medical systems start to affect you financial systems start to affect you and you become progressively conditioned through life and the, the problem that we face right now is there's all this conditioning going on but there's very few people teaching you how to deal with that conditioning and how to let it go and how to resolve it and, uh, and live without it so what happens is people spend 40 50 60 years living in the shadow of all of these conditions and then cancer comes along and they're scratching their head and I don't know what happened and life just isn't working the way I wanted. And I'm in this rinse leather repeat cycle of, of illness or financial loss and all, all these kind of things. And it comes down to the conditions. But when we start to resolve the conditions, do the mindset work, then we start to flow into the other pillars and it all just flows. Wow. 
it's, it's like a beautiful stream just rolling gently along life just flows and it flows in the direction of your heart the direction of your your desires but it's driven by this you know i think this is the quietest i've ever been on an interview i could listen to you for the next 12 hours um but i do have i know you have to go like right after this so there's two things i wanted to ask you before you have to go because we have 15 minutes and i also want to be respectful to everybody who came on live today i'm so grateful to see so many people and i if anybody at all has a question um, that now's your time to raise your hand and we will um, try and get to it or you can put a question into the chat. So um, we're here to monitor to see if anybody wants to come off mute and ask a question. No question is a bad question, especially if you're struggling with cancer or if you are um, have someone in your, a loved one or friend, anyone who is going through this, Carl's here to answer. And then I also wanted to ask you too, like, it seems like this method um, can go way beyond cancer. I mean, we're talking cancer. Yeah. So, so how are, are you seeing, are you, do you work with clients or people who are, I mean, it seems like just every day we should start learning this in kindergarten, right? These four pillars. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I believe that. I think the education system would be well served to ditch uh, ditch algebra and um, <laughs> had some of these pillars, um, but um, uh, yeah, I, I, I lost the question. I got lost in that thought. Well, I was asking you um, how how does how does this these four pillars or how have you seen these yeah. four pillars? It seems like you don't even have to be sick to abide um, yeah. by these four pillars. If you've got <laughs> well, not you know the I I, I coach clients for a variety of reasons. My my main vehicle is cancer, but I coach I coach clients in um, relationships, bad through bad marriages, through healing their family, through healing their finances. Um, I, I even had a request to to coach a, a, a very a, a world-renowned uh, photographer, model photographer that was struggling to come out of the, the closet as a gay man um and uh so you know there's just there's a lot of things uh, it, it the the mindset part of it applies to everything and um uh, it's very very important to to get that right so my main vehicle is cancer but i that's what's fascinating though we often start out dealing with cancer but then we're talking about relationships and all kinds of things like the client said we haven't talked about cancer in four or five weeks um, because we were busy talking about life. So it applies and it, it, the, the, the four pillars apply to diabetes, high cholesterol, heart disease, cancer, autoimmune diseases, autoimmune diseases. Um, that's an interesting, that's an interesting topic for another day, but, um, uh, just any, any health issues can be resolved through this kind of protocol and, and, and strategy because really it is all about coming into alignment and the reason that these illnesses and diseases occur is because of misalignment that's, yeah. that is why they occur so when we return to alignment then we can resolve just about anything you know I, I love that you're coming back to the alignment and the balance and then how you started off with your moose story in nature and the closer we get to nature the closer we get to our true nature um, I see that there's um, a couple of hands up. 
Carl. So I want to just, um, I see, okay, yeah, Patricia, you, you've had your hand up, I see in there for a while. So please come off mute. I think you're off mute and let's go for yes, it. Yes, I'm off mute. Um, I had one question. I think I might have asked Carl this in coaching, but maybe this would be helpful and to me too. Okay, dealing with a cancer and we're doing all the protocols, I'm learning to not be so focused on that. So that I, I, I'm realizing that it's not um, having the tumor there, it, still being there is not an indicator that you're not healing. Right. Right. So the other piece of it is one of the books I've been reading is actually that this gentleman, I can't remember the name of the book and the author, but anyway, he said sometimes in healing uh, cancer and a tumor, sometimes it will actually grow larger in the healing process. Can you address that, Carl? Yes, absolutely. There is a, a death cycle to a tumor. And if tumors are, are left alone, if the, if the causation is resolved, uh, if the root causes are resolved, uh, the tumor will go into a death cycle. But in that death cycle, um, the tumor will often grow. It will even erupt sometimes through the skin um, and people panic. And uh, uh, But it's, it's part of the inflammation process. And it's part of the breakdown process. But then all of a sudden, and I have a client that this just happened to, um, and she messaged me so elated the other day because this thing was just kind of growing and it just felt a bit explosive to her and then all of a sudden one week it just completely collapsed and it's gone mm. it's completely collapsed and it's gone so it went into this death cycle but sometimes in the death cycle it gets worse before it gets better um, because the body there's this surge of cells and immune cells and there's just a surge of activity that's going on in the body repairing and things, and then it just suddenly collapses and it's gone. Oh, that can be so scary to someone who doesn't have that information. Patricia, I hope that answers your question. This could be- Yes, going it through. does. Cool. I'm learning a lot more about not focusing on it, but um, I did read that and I w just wanted to hear Carl's side on that. I I've, read got a, I've got a video on that somewhere, Patricia, just, uh, I'll have to remember. I, I need to go in my library and find it. But there's a there's a doc uh, there's a, a video from an oncologist um, that uh, that talks about that in uh, scientific detail. But yeah, very important stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, it's sort of like a pimple. You know, it reaches a head and then it pops and then it heals, right? So, if we can just like turn our tumor into like a nice big zit and it's all coming <laughs> out, gone. Yeah. But um, so I, I also see Beverly. I think uh, you're off mute, honey. Did you have a question? Go ahead. Oh yes, I do. Thanks. Thank hey, Carl. Uh, during your journey, did you feel fearful at any time? During the five years of chemo and radiation and surgeries, I was terrified the whole time. Mm -hmm. uh, once I made that, once I had that moose experience, and I made that mindset decision that I'm making this choice. And because I have the ability to make a choice, I have the provision to back the choice. I was in peace. I, I was in peace. I did not have fear uh, during that time. I did, uh, once I finally, I, when I finally did achieve uh, healing, and uh, that was certified, if you will, um, I had that five year timeline hanging over my head 
And uh, there were moments through that as, as I was counting the, the, the days, there were moments in that um, that I would get a little bit fidgety, but I could always bring myself back and uh, into that peace and, 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 and that understanding that, wait a second, I made that choice. That choice was provided for, I'm standing in it. And I, I, I didn't waver. Um, and if, if, I did, if I did wobble, I learned how, and that, that's one of the mindset tools that I teach, I learned how to bring myself back into consciousness very quickly. Because I, I realized that the fear was only a subconscious narrative. It wasn't, the, it wasn't my conscious mind, it was a subconscious narrative. So I, that's when I ultimately became a, a certified coach because I, I, I learned how to use consciousness to control the subconscious. Um, can I can I ask a question? We have tell that that was such a great question. Um, by the way, Beverly, I think everybody found um, comfort in that. So Thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, as far as you you keep kind of saying mindfulness, I mean, are, are you talking? Because I think this is really important be, before we go. Because this is like the, this pillar that really got you through all this without fear. Do you, are are you a meditator, or a chanter, or? is avid nature what what is that where do you find that mindfulness for you and what do you recommend for your clients to get to that place of consciousness well one of my big tools one of my my a, a tool that it seems so silly and a lot of people dismiss it in the early days but one of my key tools is a practice called whole brain and the whole brain practice is it's a bit of uh, it 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 uh, how, how do I put it? It, it forces, you, you've got a left hemisphere and a right hemisphere and they control opposite sides of the body. I didn't do that quite right. And you've got a conscious and a subconscious mind. Most people operate on one, one, in one hemisphere and in their subconsciousness. The whole brain practice by, uses the body to force, just with something as simple as this. I don't know if anybody, if everybody can see this. Just that alone forces the body to use both sides of the brain equitably. If it didn't engage the left and the right hemisphere, you would not be able to do this. Oh, yeah, you're so right. You have to, exactly, exactly. So you have to, in, in doing that, you've engaged left and right. So now you're operating equally. Um, and then you go into a whole, the whole brain state. And in the whole brain state, you can feel the problem. So it, it, you feel the problem. You feel that silently, quietly. You never, con you don't confess the problem in the practice. You feel the problem in the practice. And then what you confess in the practice is the shift. So let's just say that you're fearful, fearful of a recurrence or fearful of a growing, a growing loan. Um, so you go in and you feel the pain of that. Um, you quietly feel the pain of that. You're in the whole brain state. You're feeling that for a minute or two, and then you shift it. I release all fear of X, Y, and Z. I release all fear of X, Y, and Z. I release all fear of X, Y, and Z. You do that with, uh, you, you do that in repetition because a subconscious mind works only in repetition. What it sees repetitively, it memorizes. What it hears repetitively, it memorizes. That's what it embraces as normal. That's what it embraces as truth. It has no discernment whatsoever beyond that. It's just repetition. The subconscious mind is designed to create habits, plain and simple. Um, so when you're when you're feeling it, when you're in whole brain, you feel the pain, 
then you shift it into truth, you shift it into light, and you shift it into life, verbally and repetitively, your subconscious mind then gets the message, oh, okay, the game has changed. Yeah. This is a new story. This is a new way. And so, and then you break that, when you've done that and you're, you're kind of calm and peace, peaceful, then you, you break that and you give prayer and gratitude, the prayer of gratitude. And then you can continue on and you can do this cyclically, but you need to do this every day. You need to do it every day, with or without cancer, uh, whatever it is, you do it every day and it, it, it pulls you forward into conscious thinking and conscious behavior. Um, and you are then the driver of the bus. You can, when the subconscious mind plays up and you're sitting in front of a doctor and the doctor says, you've got six weeks to live, instead of your subconscious mind saying, oh my God, and you burst into tears and you're you're a puddle on the floor and you're panicked and you go home and you curl up in a ball, you can say to that, mm, I don't receive that. Yeah. We're, we're moving on, we're gonna go forward with this, we're gonna be thoughtful, we're gonna be mindful, we're releasing that narrative, we're releasing that story, we're gonna walk out the door and we're gonna be resourceful, we're gonna be creative, we're gonna deal with this. So good. It's an entirely different way of being. Uh, and you're in the, you're in, you're, you're the, you're the power, you're in, you're in, in your power, you're in, you're the strength and in, in control. This is great. I have got to get this last question in Carl. So please hang in with for five minutes with me. I built in a 30 minute cushion just in case. Oh, you're so amazing. I love you. Um, first of all, tell uh, why don't you come off mute and, um, and, and while, while she's asking the question, put your right hand out and your left hand out, and then you just go like this, right? Right and left. Yeah. And do that little twist there. And we can start this pattern right now. This, and I always put it right, right there with the chakra right here. And I push, yeah. push right here. Um, this is the, I, I forget what it's called. I'm having a brain fart. But tell, come off mute and ask your, ask your question, honey. Yeah. Um, hi guys. Hey Carl. Hi. I just wanted to um, ask um, if you're if you've heard of this new uh, German new medicine mm -hmm. from that uh, Dr. Hammer. Yeah, Dr. Hammer. He he's very old school. This has been this information's been around for decades. Yeah, yeah. So, I just wanted to ask if you know if you're. Like if you believe in that or I do there's a couple of articles in the group. Um, if you search hammer, you'll find them. Um, but uh, you know his the the overriding I, I was going to say theory, but it's not really theory um, is that there's just overwhelming evidence that emotions are the primary causation, the root cause of illness and disease and especially cancer. So there is, if you've got breast cancer, there's a pattern of emotions, of, be, of, of mindset pattern around that. Colon cancer has its own mindset pattern. Lung cancer has a mindset pattern. Liver cancer has a mindset pattern. Um, any lymphoma has a mindset pattern. Blood cancers have a mindset pattern. Whoa. There's a mindset link to every single one of them. So you can begin to unravel the puzzle just by knowing what kind of cancer you have and where it's located because there's a connection in the brain to that part of the body and there's a connection in the brain to that set of emotions that set of experiences and so uh, wherever there there's trauma 
um, cancer creates where there's trauma. So if there's trauma in that part of the brain, cancer will create, will develop in that organ of the body. If there's trauma in that organ of the body, then um, the, it, it, it works equitably. So wherever there's trauma and however it, it, it links to the, to the brain, to the center of the brain, that's why that's where cancer develops and that's why cancer develops in different areas um it's not just luck of the draw that it really is it's, it's all about a, a lifetime of thoughts beliefs experiences emotions um conditioned behaviors that have resulted in that specific cancer in that specific location and a hammer was one of the first to to come up with this but he was unfortunately suppressed like so many other brilliant things you guys i just i just want to make a really important uh call out here okay tell who just asked that question is uh you don't see her figure face on there it says soul to soul she has been working with me for almost two years helping me bring all these broadcasts to you and everything that I do tell is behind and she has cancer now going on two years and it's come back but thanks to people like Carl and Hammond and all the things that we're learning tell is still alive but she's 79 pounds and I started a GoFundMe uh, for tell no amount is too big or too small and you get your money back because I give gifts for every dollar you give five dollars up so I'm gonna go ahead and put the link in the uh, chat here and if you guys find it in your hearts um, and and actually I just want to also not just because we're doing this GoFundMe for tell but there are we, we haven't really talked that much about how important the support is and Carl and that's what I wanted to ask you like we're here 100% supporting you tell you know that you feel the love you know that you're going to go get through this and you're going to make it tells 34 years old and she has three beautiful sons and lives in the philippines where the healthcare is not what it is in the, in the united states probably better for that reason and yeah, like um, <laughs> in, in, a, in a way so i'd all really encourage you to just click on the link and you'll see that you're going to no matter what amount you you put in there if, if you want a special gift from me from the soul to soul team it, it will more than pay for your generous um gift and i thank you all so much for your consideration um but carl um i just i i'm not seeing any any more uh, oh alan did you did you have something you wanted to say or anybody else have something they want to say um because i would like to you know say a few a few things at the end here but mostly what i want to talk about is unity and community builds our immunity and the fact that each of you have shown up here today and become are so receptive and your chats and the comments and anybody who's listening to the replay don't ever estimate that that pillar of connection and community yeah. and um and and that love and support that we're we get right here from a dose of positivity or from other other groups like carl's facebook group um which we'll put the link also in the chat if you have cancer or know somebody who does i can't encourage you enough to contact this man if he can't afford his coaching he's at this time, there's no reason why you can if you have cancer. But in in the Facebook group, there's a ton of information, and there's a group of people who gather together. And Tell actually found Carl because she's in that group. Thank you so much, Tell. 
for bringing Carl to this incredible episode of A Dose of Positivity. And I'd like um, to add very quickly, I've designed the group with, with guides. So when you join the group, and a lot of people miss this, but every single bit of content that I produce or, or that my, my team produces um, goes into guides. They're categorized by content. So there's a kitchen guide, a cancer-free supplement guide, a cancer-free detox guide. All of that uh, information is logged in there. Wow. And um, so it is a, it is in itself, it's a powerful re resource tool to just go in there and start reading those guides. So awesome. Thank you so much. Alan, go ahead, honey. Anna, yes. I think Carl would agree with me that there are no incurable diseases. They are only incurable people. And it has to do with what he's been talking about. This whole I haven't been here for the whole time, but it's in your mind. Yes. And when I was practicing natural therapies years ago, decades ago, uh, I worked with uh, flower essences, gem elixirs, herbs, you know, anything that God put on this earth. Yeah. And you don't get it from some chemical that they dream up in the lab that's going to give you 17 side effects for the one thing that you're trying to cure. Mm -hmm. You know, think about it. Yeah, people are so terrified to, 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 to walk away from standard of care. But I, I say all the time, I say to people, who, were you created in a laboratory? <laughs> and they say, no, why would you ask that? And I, I'm like, well, you weren't created in a laboratory. So why does your food come from a manufacturer? Why is your medicine coming from a laboratory? Why is a white coat telling you what to do? Uh, to, to create health why does why do jabs in the arms and all these kind of things why does that equate to health you weren't created that way you're not a lab rat it's not it's it, it, so really there's a and, and that they want was, us to think that though they do, they want, they us do want us to think that but that yeah. was the revelation for me it's like hold, hold up here uh, my my provision doesn't come from this my provision has has been made naturally i just like i was made naturally so um that that was a you know that was part of that in it, it that that revelation when i i knew that i could if i could choose life there was provision for life it was just so simple to me and i'm like my gosh carl you were an a plus student and you didn't even really have to try and you didn't know this this is so simple yeah it's so simple you know, you look to your source, mm -hmm. look to your source. Yeah. And the sooner we all start being conscious, like in my book, I write in conscious cures, you know, it, it, it's, it's all about being that mindfulness that we, we are the solutions. We are the, we are the ones who can choose life or death. We are the That's ones. Who it, is can, it, is it, is it is our choice. It is our choice. Mm -hmm. It is our choice. Well, Carl, I just want to thank you and thank everybody. Unless anybody has any final questions, I really want to be mindful of your time. And I want to thank everybody who's already donated to Tell's GoFundMe. I really appreciate it. $5, $10. Anything you do is super great. We're so grateful to you, Carl, for all you do and all you bring to the world. And to all of you who show up each and every week to a dose of positivity. And if you... Um, we're going to go ahead and put a free gift in for everybody from uh, soul to soul. 
it's the nine soil to soul principles and i'm i'm, I'm going to put that we'll put that in the chat and if you want to see these nine soul to soul principles they are so in sync and in harmony with everything you were talking about and it's on a beautiful poster form and i love to offer that to all of you as a gift so um there it is, there it goes it's in the chat you can just click on that and download that and Carl, you and I will follow up after this and we will get you the recording and to all of you listening to the replay. Thank you so much. And I want to send you all so much blessing, love and light and to remind you of the four pillars and to remind you that we need to stay in that brain place. Oh, brain. <laughs> right. And if anybody wants to stay on afterwards and um, take a view of the big island of Hawaii, we will, we will take you around the gardens. Until next time, when we have another incredible special guest, um, actually, we'll put the guest in, in the chat so you can all, um, I, I, I'm having a brain fart on who the, who the guest is. Hold on one second. This is, I'm so excited about, about having you on, Carl. This is just amazing. Oh, this is gonna be super cause some fo follow up to this one. Actually, Carl and your tribe might wanna enjoy this. So it's overcoming adversity. Yeah. The kryptonite to your superpower. And this exactly. one is, I'm surprised she wasn't on. I really wanted her to be on it, but I know she'll listen to the replay. Catherine um, Stevens is uh, dealing with a rare kind of blood cancer. And mm. she is almost blind, like Carl's blind in one eye, but you would never know it. And she is a powerhouse. And she is the most, one of the most positive people who is living consciously other than Carl that I know. So I hope to see you all on next week with Catherine Stevens, overcoming adversity and finding your crypto kryptonite to your superpower. And again, everybody who wants to stay on for a garden tour, thank you so much. And Carl, again, many, many blessings. You are a bright light to all of us and big, big love. Thank and you, Carl. Thank and you all. I, just, I appreciate each and every one of you for being here today and the opportunity is amazing. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Carl.